Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. Sometimes the greatness is just too much for one to absorb in one episode. So today we have for you part one of a two-parter with the lovely, mysterious, and fantabulous Rami Margron and I chatting it up. Come through. Welcome to All That and Mo, and I have a very special, special, special guest. In fact, you listeners owe the existence of this podcast oh. to this motherfucker's persistence. Yes. <laughs> so I got to give cred where cred is due, because Aww. seriously, for how many years <laughs> have you been in my face talking about do a podcast? I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> And I always said to myself, yeah, I should do a podcast. And I took a couple of experimental stabs. But you were also like, I don't really listen to podcasts. Yes. Yeah. And I think that was the lack of immediacy. Uh Is it that I was like, why? Like, are people actually like, is anyone going to listen? Does anyone care? And Rami Margon was there and they kept just not not even a constant pressure, but just enough regular pressure to be like, why? When are you going to do that? I love that that's your experience of this. <laughs> <laughs> you what what was your experience of of I don't assisting remember. in the in the birth of this but podcast? It's true. No, it is true. It's like of all the people I know, you should have a fucking podcast. And <laughs> I think it I think I just forgot that I cared about that and then I would remember and it would be so so clear. I'd be like, "Well, Mo needs a podcast." <laughs> I can't and then so so I would feel very adamant when I remembered and yes. then I would forget for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is perfect for me. Yeah. Because yeah. those those continual nudges actually work for me much more effectively than it would be had you done like a campaign. Because I could have resisted a campaign. Right. But like having like a quarterly intervention, essentially, where you were like, you know, like, well, really seriously. Can you just give do a me podcast. an example of a campaign that you've resisted? Um, since I'm interviewing you. So wait, this is, is this, is this is how this podcast works is you have a guest on and they interview you. It's how it might work. I don't know. I think it's smart. I love it. Okay. All right. So I said that if I did have guests, that would be what I would do. Right. Because mostly it's going to be like, okay, I'm talking about my shit Yeah. because I don't want to have to rely on the guest format. But if I did have a guest, I was like, yeah, it's since a podcast is about me, it's Mm -hmm. all that. And Mo. Yeah. Then you should just interview me. I heard, that. <laughs> I heard that. And that well, that's see, that's part of the journey is that I never felt like anything I had to say would be valuable or interesting. Who would want to sit and listen? Right. And and even though hundreds of people over decades have said, I would just listen to you read from the phone book, that was not relevant to my interests. <laughs> it never 
Uh, so I will. What should I say about Rami Margon? They are an amazing human being, yeah. and performer, and actor, and physical. Uh, what would what would you say? Phys- I want. I just use the word performer. The- a theatrically physical performer. Yeah. Like I feel like so much of what you do is also not just about. It's very body based. Yeah, yeah. 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 Although I'm also like a super text actor too. Correct. Like, I do heavy text work and I do heavy physical work. Yeah. Which is like, those are the qualities of like an experimental theater artist, basically, right? <laughs> when, I mean, like whenever I have like a knee injury and they're like, how'd you hurt your knee? Were you running? <laughs> Did you fall? It's like, no, I, you don't, I, I'm an, I'm kind of an athlete, but I'm not. It's like, I don't just sit there. Instead, I like physically explore my environment. <laughs> The theater people know, but like <laughs> right. the non-theater people might not understand that there's there's various flavors of actor. Right. They're the yes. actor who shows up for the set and says their lines and goes home. And those folks can have long and majestic careers. Yeah. And then there are the actors. Some of who, those people also tear their menisci menisci. Meniscuses? Meniscuses. <laughs> 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 and then there are people who get the role and then like, you know, gain 50 pounds and work out for six months and, you know, learn two languages or learn to play the violin, uh, that Damn sort it. of thing, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, I feel. And then there's the rest of us in between. Yeah. Huh. Where would you, would, do you have a place on that I, spectrum? I wouldn't have identified with either of those yeah, that see? you just said. I, yeah, I'm not on that binary spectrum. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> well, it's more like a grid in like yeah, a, like a, like a matrix. Yeah, that works. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I'm definitely like a physical actor. I, my brain is the last thing to know what's going on and that's mm. really okay. Cause that works too, it turns out. But I had, yeah. I spent many years being judgy of myself because I wasn't like smart enough, you know, but really I'm. I am very smart. It's just that my intelligence, like the body is first right. in my intelligence. Right. And as we were talking about in our previous conversation before we started recording, like, you know, <laughs> it's not, you know, like our, our culture holds the intellect up above most other things. Right? And I think, well, I think that this is an excellent jump off topic. And from the perspective of performers, mm-hmm. the idea that you need to come to a role or come to a, a piece from your brain first mm-hmm. is not correct for so many people. Right. I, I tend right. to be that person. Mm. And then I found that that was a hundred percent not valid or helpful to me when I was working on hyena, which is entirely 100% visceral. Oof. That piece is completely from Ooh. not just from the gut, but from the gutter as it should be, you know, like it's everything. It tough. is what it is. It is, <laughs> it is the form. It is, is what it is also the content of what it is. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. And so talking about when you're speaking of your own personal shit, Uh that's going to be different than speaking someone else's words, regardless of Mm. how much you identify with a character. Mm. And the type of exhaustion I felt after performing Hyena Mm -hmm. was completely a new territory. Oh, my God. I had no idea because if you do body recall, (sighs) I'm doing body recall of literally the worst period of my life Mm. in front of hundreds of people, Mm -hmm. which is so important Mm -hmm. and I love it. And it is devastating at the same time. So does your listening audience know what you're talking about right now? Have you talked about bubbles? Oh, I haven't. I know this is a big topic. (laughs) I'm just like, you know about my life, right? (laughs) 
listener people, maybe I should do another episode prior to this and be like, here's my, no, this is the teaser episode. This Great. Is the, the, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. See? Oh, yeah. If you want to know more about my alcoholism, the hyena, Ganesha, and uh, my recovery, I guess, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, I will give the shortened version. I, I can't wait. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I have been sober since March uh, 14th of 2007. And part of my recovery journey involves my having an interaction with a spirit being, an altar. This is a new, this is some new language I have come to around it that someone referred to her as an altar. And I was like, like A-L-T-A-R? E-R. Oh, an altar. A-L-T-E-R, like an alternative, like an alternate personality. Okay. Great. Right. Okay. You know, and they were quick to say, not that I'm saying you have multiple personalities, mm-hmm. you know, as in a disorder, but the idea that we all have alters within ourselves mm. and that some people are just more in touch with them than others. And, and as this as the psychologist said, and some people's alters are very active and very much in your face. Mm. And this was the experience that I had getting sober was that a hyena appeared. I want to say literally and people overuse that word but in my brain at that moment it was very real and it was entirely literal and she introduced herself as bubbles and explained to me that what we needed to do at that point was to get up and walk out of rehab the rehab that it had taken me years to even acknowledge I needed Mm. and so I had a series of conversations with her and assumed that this was some sort of delirium tremens problem that would resolve itself but what actually wound up happening is that I wound up internalizing that voice and that being and that creature and really coming to understand that she was an aspect of myself that I needed to deal with so that's what we're talking about and of course mm-hmm. because I'm me the next time someone asked me to perform in a storytelling show and they asked me what I wanted to talk about. And I heard this voice in my head said, well, whatever you do, don't talk about that crazy shit with the hyena and your alcoholism because that's just humiliating. And I said, oh, my gosh, I guess that's what I need to talk mm. about now. And so hyena became a storytelling feature for me. I have shared it and I'll put links in the in the show notes for the version of hyena that I told for NPR. And thereafter, my husband, many years later, listened to the recording of this story Mm. and was in tears and said, I just, I hear music for this. Mm. I think I want to, I'm going to write a piece for this. And I was like, uh, okay, sure. Uh, fast forward a few years later, and it's now been performed in Austria, in the UK, in the US, in Russia, in the Netherlands, and everywhere human beings hear it, they relate to it in ways that I had never anticipated, mm. ever. I didn't, I, ne- I thought of it as a story for alcoholics or addicts, I did not think of it. I had a woman come up to me in tears saying, my depression is this monster. Dang. You know, I had someone else say to me, the voice of their abusive mom is this monster that they hear and just Mm. chews away at them at night. And I realized that it wasn't just about addiction. This is a human fucking experience Mm -hmm. that we, each of us has something in them that feels like something you need to fight or that's harming you or that's eating away at you. And what my journey has been is at first I thought the journey was destroying it. Mm -hmm. I have to beat this out of me. And then I was like, okay, I just need to accept it. Then the journey became, I just need to find a place in my body for her to live Mm -hmm. so that she just has her own space to now the journey being, I need to integrate this energy and figure out how the hyena aspect my demon is actually helpful and useful and and necessary. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. When you thought you had to 
find a, a spare room for her in your body. Yeah. Where did you suggest putting her? It wasn't even that I suggested it. <laughs> I had been dragged against my will into woo space. <laughs> and for those of you unfamiliar with the concept of woo, it sort of is a derivation <laughs> of the idea of like woo woo, sort of like spiritual, earthy, crunchy kind of woo, sort of the esoteric, the shit that my New York brain rejects and is like, shut the fuck up, get mm -hmm. out of here. What the fuck is a shock? Or you're making shit up, sit down, have a coffee. What the fuck is a shock? <laughs> what the fucking chakra? <laughs> And then like my, the inner part of me, because we all have parts of us that seek something higher, mm -hmm. however that manifests. It's a, it's again, it's a human thing. Some of us find. Do we, do I, we I, all have parts of us that seek something higher or is there a percentage of humans mm. who it's just not meant for them to seek that this lifetime is just about them being a mailman or a metaphoric mailman? A metaphoric I, mailman. I, I, I think I see the higher seeking in the way that people socialize outside of their main thing to explain mm. the mailman probably plays poker on a Saturday night, right? Okay. The truck driver might collect stamps, whatever that is. I feel like those things mm. that we do, our obsessions are mm -hmm. the higher thing. Okay. They take us outside of ourselves and focus our energies in ways that are like meditation or prayer, whether or not someone is consciously seeking something. Yeah. I feel like the atheist knitter is still seeking something higher. Yep. I get Does it. Does that make sense? I, I love it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I personally feel like this is a human thing, however it manifests. It doesn't have to manifest in Bible thumping churchiness. Mm -hmm. It can manifest in gardening. I mean, gardening is holy as fuck. <laughs> Said the person who just came off of playing <laughs> Dionysus, Dionysus. <laughs> in an amazing show, which I was so, so honored to be able to see twice. Mm. I had been dragged to a event called Urban Tantra, which is a training program run by a dear and wonderful friend of mine, Barbara Carellis, who is the diva of Carellis. <laughs> Wait, the diva of, sorry, what? Ding. Breathwork. She's mm. all about breathing. Like Hell this yeah. is her entree into all sorts of shit. And one of the things that she does in this retreat is a breath and energy orgasm. So you literally mm. go walking through your chakras from the base chakra up to the sacral chakra, whatever order it is. And you do all this work to bring your energy up through all the chakras, through your crown chakra. Damn. And then there's a series of breathing patterns that you then do. And then there's some physical stuff that you do. And then this can result in an orgasmic release or a cathartic release or just really deep relaxation. There's a range of, of emotions that people experience with this type of work. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people experience is a, is literally an orgasmic state brought on by this meditation and this energy movement mm -hmm. and the idea that you can have an orgasm that's not based on someone diddling your danglies yeah. is really revolutionary for a lot of people. And so I'm doing this breath and energy thing and I'm like, okay, fine, I'm breathing and I'm going to have an orgasm, whatever. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have had orgasms that have resulted from spanking. Yeah. I have had an orgasm that resulted from someone whispering in my ear for two minutes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that has happened to I me. I just felt that viscerally when you said that it. That has happened to me a couple of times, like in your belly, when you get that, like the feeling that happens when you're about to come yeah. is happening because someone's talking to you. It's very intense. I should wow. make a note also to talk about that because that's a, that's a good ass story right there. And so I'm open to that. 
I was not skeptical of this as a thing that can happen. Mm. But I also am sort of like, okay, chakras, what the fuck does that even really mean? And so as we were starting this exercise, you're relaxing and there's all this, you know, getting you into the point where you're ready to just sink into the floor and leave the outlines of your body as it exists day to day and go into this part of your body and say, I'm now going to go and focus my energy in my root chakra. Right. Great. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, root chakra, focusing, breathing, breathing, focusing. And then really violently out of nowhere, this terror of feeling like I was in, like I had just walked into someone else's whirlwind mm. and this screaming like nightmare of get the fuck out of here. <gasps> and it oh, was shit. definitely her energy, this hyena energy going, get the fuck out. This is my space. Fuck off. And me, first of all, one part of my brain going, what are you even doing? And the other part of my brain going, sorry, my bad. And pulling out of the exercise entirely. Like I was told later that I just started shaking and rolled over and curled up into a ball. Mm. And the folks who are facilitating this, who are holding space, so to speak, mm -hmm. I found out later, of course, they were like, we weren't sure what we should do hmm. because generally they want you to have your own experience in your own body and not come over. Cause it can be that someone tapping you and checking in on you can yank you out of where you need to be. Right. Okay. So they came to a consensus that they should just, pay attention to me and, and someone keep an eye on her, but we're just going to let her do her thing. And I said, I said to them, it's a, someone who now is also a dear friend of mine and a therapist DK. And I said, I'm glad you didn't. Cause I might have bitten you. Oh Lord. I might have gone for you. Wow. And my takeaway from that is okay. Well, if there is anything to this, mm -hmm. maybe that type of energy just has, maybe that's where it lives. And I just need to not fuck with it. Like she's found her place, you know, after years at that point of feeling like I needed to destroy this creature mm -hmm. and then realizing, no, you can't destroy that creature. She's, she's you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I just need to figure out what to do with this energy. And I thought I had solved that. I said, okay, I'm just going to, she's just going to have her space. That's where she lives. It's all good. But okay. Sorry. So you thought you'd solved it by giving her your root chakra area. Yeah. But this urban tantra thing that just happened that was a recent thing or that was that was a that was a previous iteration oh, okay. of urban tantra gotcha okay. because this one was probably in maybe oh god 11 2011 2010 2011 Ooh. sometime in there okay sometime in there so it was years after i got sober because i got sober in, in 2007 this was you know like four or five years in sounds about right when i had this particular experience Okay. So interesting. So interesting. All right. So you, you let her have your root chakra, even though that's a bad idea, but um... <laughs> I didn't consult anyone on this. I just made it. I just made the call. All right. I just made the call. And I will tell you, this is interesting because I subsequently to meeting this hyena in rehab also had an interaction with a higher power, which is something that AA tells you is going to happen. They're like, you're going to find your higher power. I'm like, yeah, fine. Mm -hmm. whatever. But I did. And I, I didn't though. My higher power found me. I was minding my own fucking business. Yes. I'm, I, I don't remember the details of this and I've been meaning to ask you to tell me the story again. So yeah. I'm glad that you are. We'll be right back after a little breather and stretcher. If you're someone who is curious about kink and BDSM, but has no doggone idea where to start, I got you. First off, I'm the co-author of a book called 
Playing Well with Others, The Guide to Exploring, Navigating, and Discovering the Kink, Leather, and BDSM Relationships. You can find that on Amazon, and I'll put a link in the description. But let's say you want a more personal one-on-one interaction. I got you, fam. Go to thekinkdoula.com. It's T-H-E-K-I-N-K-D-O-U-L-A. You may be familiar with the concept of doulas from childbirth, but... What about rebirthing yourself? What about going deep within and uncovering the secrets and wondrous discoveries that maybe, just maybe, have been hiding from you or you've been hiding from yourself for a long time? You want to talk about your secret fetish, your kink? Perhaps just you're curious about how to expand your mind a little bit more into becoming the person you truly want to be. Contact me at thekinkdoula.com. And let's see who you can become. So I was visiting my sister. I was approximately a year and a half into my being sober. Mm. I was visiting my sister because my mother was ill. My family all lived down in Florida now. And I stopped sleeping. Mm. The first night I was there, I didn't sleep, which wasn't unusual for me. I can go for 24 hours without sleeping without a problem. And, and then I will, and then I will catch up. So the next day I, I, you know, was not sleeping. I didn't sleep the first night. The next day I was okay. It was fine. The next night I was like, okay, I'll definitely sleep. I'm just so tired. And I didn't. And my sister had this leaky ass air mattress. So every few hours I'd have to get up and like turn on the pump and pump it back up. But I was not sleeping at all. And now we're two days. So that is 48 hours with no sleep. I then decided I was going to watch a couple movies. So appropriately, of course, I chose leaving Las Vegas because oh, I was Christ. like, let me let me <laughs> let me see what this shit is about. Let me see if they got any of this right. And uh, I remember reading a review where someone thought that his alcoholism was exaggerated. They were like, well, you know, they they really exaggerated the degree of his alcoholism, I guess, to make a dramatic point. Mm-hmm. And then I watched a movie and I was like, <laughs> no, nope. clearly you either are not an alcoholic and you don't know any alcoholics. and You don't know anything about alcoholism because, of course, we drink in the shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's prime drinking time because no one will see you there. Mm. So wow. I'm watching Leaving Las Vegas. I'm now on my third day with no sleep. And I was laying on this air mattress, eyes dead open because I'm staring at the ceiling. And Mm -hmm. then the ceiling fell apart and I was nowhere. And I felt this incredible presence of just calm and amazingness, just no problems, nothing but joy and love and peace and awesomeness. And I just felt myself held and cradled. And I'm like, this is weird because I'm being held and cradled by what I assume was several people, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was just, you know, a deity with four arms. So there were a lot of and arms a trunk. on me and a trunk, which came into play later, which was fantastic. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have no idea where that's going. I know where it's going. <laughs> it goes where it wants. <laughs> And so I am then set down in this nowhere place face to face with fucking, you know, this Hindu deity, Ganesha, who I knew because I knew something about Hindu deities. I was like, okay, Shiva and Ganesha. Like you see these icons when you when you live in a city like New York where there's just so many different people. And then living in San Francisco where there was a beautiful store called the Love of Ganesha, which I had gone into just because it had cool hippie shit. And so he introduced himself to me and said, I'm here to tell you why you're still alive and what you need to do and what your job is. And I was like, I don't 
believe that this is even happening. And he said, I know it's okay. You don't have to, you know, it's, it's not your job to believe that this is happening. It's your job to live your life. Mm. You need to live. And that's it. And I was like, what do you mean? That's it. I was like, I don't understand. Like, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> and, and I, I wish I could have more words for the conversation, but the conversation was spiritual and emotional. Yeah. The best words I can have for it was that he showed me all the paths in my life oh. that have led me to this point and everything that it took to get me to that point. And well, did the things, everything it took to get you to So that for point. example, my father had to be born. What did it take right. to have my father be born? Okay. You know, so going back for thousands of years. So it's for, like an infinite, infinite things he was showing you yes. essentially. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then infinite futures in terms of, these are all things you will do in the world as a result of living your life. Mm. So here are the infinite futures that are a result of you. So, you know, me as a flashpoint in history, mm -hmm. everything that got me, that got the world to the point where I was born mm. and mm -hmm. everything that will happen as a result of my birth. And then we had like astral sex for like, you know, another eternity, which was amazing because, you know, trunks prehensile also everything else prehensile, lots of cosmic orgasms, mm -hmm. just letting go of body and soul and self and just experiencing being mm -hmm. purely. Mm -hmm. And then that being over and him being like, okay, you know, I'm going to, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I was like, how do I get back here? And he said, you won't. Mm. This was for now. Mm. And of course I was like devastated because I have so much going on in my brain at all times. I've never in my life previous felt that singular purity mm. of just existing. And I was like, how can I live the rest of my life and never get that back again? Mm. And he said, that's not what your life is about. He mm. said all the, the, the pain, and the stress and the horror and the joy and all of those things are you to express. They're not for you to live. Wait. You are just to like exist in your body mm -hmm. and that's enough. You don't have to come back and have this like cosmic fucking experience, which I was like, well, that, but I really would like but to I have that again. Cosmic sex. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> but what was made clear is that pivotal moments like that occur in order for you to be pushed into a new direction uh -huh. and where that new direction takes you might be something even more awesome. I don't know. It wasn't mine to see at that point. Did you have a major life shift immediately? No. Okay. No, <laughs> because I was able to logically say, well, you hadn't slept for three days. Yeah. You know, so that brain started creeping back in. However, that's the only way that you can connect to source is through some kind of, I mean, it's not the only way, but yeah. deprivation really helps. Well, this is why people it. do that shit, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and 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 anyone you speak to about any sort of journey is gonna tell you that privation is, is an aspect of it. People go on spirit walks and they yeah. don't eat. Right. You know, or they eat something in particular that assists them in, you know, dropping the ego. Yeah, right. Dropping the ego is like the major, is like step one. Yeah. To, Right. Another, I mean, other ways, just thinking about other ways to connect to spirit include like durational things, right? Mm. Like so, or repetition of sounds, right? drums, any repetition, repetition of any sound, like constant sound yeah. that that'll take you to mm -hmm. altered states. Mm -hmm. um, That's why drumming is so important in 
pretty much every tradition i think that has spiritual okay shit like you yeah. can go and you can go anywhere from asia south america central america north america you know the motherland <laughs> everyone's beating on some shit <laughs> And that was the beginning of my struggle to try to figure out what the fuck was wrong with me in some ways. I felt like, okay, you know, now you are not just talking to hyenas. You're also having interactions with a deity that's not from your tradition that you have zero previous connection with. Yeah. Yeah. Which was so in line with my having a hyena as one of my aspects, because we are certainly not trained to respect or love hyenas or be interested mm. in them at all, except as Disney villains or the ones fucking with lions in every fucking documentary. <sighs> it's better now. There are more documentaries featuring hyenas. Uh, good to know. Yeah, yeah. There's some awesome ones. There's one that's a whole soap opera about how the matriarch is like falling out of power. She's becoming a little crazy and her daughter has to step in and take over the pack. And I'm just Amazing. like, go, girl, go. Yeah. You know? And she's... okay. Sorry. No, no, she's eventually overthrown, but she's still, you know, they don't kill her. They're just like, you need to step down, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> Do they exile her? No. Okay. She's she just, just no longer the, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah. All right. So she was living in your root chakra. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> oh, this is how it ties in. Okay. Guess what chakra is connected with Ganesh? The root? Yes. That is his. I did know this, yeah. but I was surprised because yeah. I assumed it would be. I assumed it would be the third eye chakra, because of his old, I don't know, knowledge and sight right. and stuff like that. But. Well, since the root chakra is, well, it's in the name, right? And since Ganesh is considered to be the first god, you're supposed to worship and if you're doing any sort of ritual, mm -hmm. you gotta like do Ganesh first, mm. you know. And so, I think it's part of that idea mm. that like that's where you start. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. So, okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> All right. So that is Ganesha's chakra. Your hyena was living there. <laughs> and so she had an awesome babysitter, really. You know, I mean, I look at it as. It's your connection to the earth. That's why it, yes. it's, it's concerning to me because it's your connection to the earth. And you had somebody taking up space there, not letting you take up space there. Right? right. Which, which for me seemed fine because I was like, well, I don't, do I need to connect with the earth? Right. Well, that's probably how a lot of humans in our culture, like what earth, what earth, you know? Huh? And so it became clearer to me over yeah. the interceding years between then that some more work needs to happen. I just wasn't sure what. Yeah. I felt like, okay, I've accepted that she has this space, uh -huh. but then I was like, is that it? Right. And because everything else has come to me when it wants to, mm -hmm. I was like, well, when I need to figure it out, I'll fucking figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it took up until very recently where I went back and How did recent? Oh, this other iteration oh, of Urban month. Tantra, which was in, which is a month ago uh -huh. now to have another interaction with her. Cause at this point, my sense of her as an entity mm -hmm. is an aspect of myself versus this separate thing that needs to be managed or destroyed. Uh -huh. I'm like, this is a part of my, this is my dark side essentially. And as humans, we have to cope with that. And if the dark side is what connects me to the earth, fine. I'm a fucking vampire, I guess, or, <laughs> or werewolf or whatever the fuck, or were hyena, which is amazing. It's actually a tradition in West Africa of were hyenas. Oh. Yes. 
Okay. And it's connected with blacksmithing and ironworking. I know. Yeah. There's a, there's a there's some areas where the legend is that if you are a blacksmith, you are also a were hyena. And that's what? where your power comes from, forging metal and biting fucking biting shit apart. Damn. I know. It's so I, this is the movie that needs to be made, yo. Yeah. I want to be like the queen of the were hyena clan. Yeah. And like I'm just living a normal life in America and then I'm called to like go and manage the world's were hyenas or some shit. Yeah. We have a convocation. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be. It would be just like, I mean, like, like I'm picturing the graphic novel already. <laughs> You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb. Theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon. Mm-hmm.